Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. And my name is Travis. <laughs> there we go. We have a special episode today. We're we're collaborating with Travis with we're collaborating with Travis from the uh, Fantasy Inn podcast. Thanks for thanks for being on. If you haven't checked it out, this is the s- part two of a two part series in which. This part is on on our feed, the Don't Call It a Book Club feed. Part one is on Travis's feed, the Fantasy Inn podcast. So make sure you check that out before starting this one. Yeah, and if if you haven't checked out anything on the Fantasy Inn yet, Travis, what can they expect uh, from a little bit of your show if they if they yeah, go there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so... We don't really have like a specific brand yet or anything. Uh, we do kind of a little bit of everything. So we'll do kind of book club discussions type things like this. Uh, we'll do author interviews. We'll do just kind of casual discussions where it's all the bloggers at the Fantasy Inn just talking about something randomly. So that kind of thing. Yeah, I I, I listen to the author interviews on the Fantasy Inn. And if you want an author interview that's actually like in detail and very well done and does a lot of good analysis, definitely check out the Fantasy Inn. Uh, It's very different from our author interviews uh, where we play stupid (laughs) would you rather games with with the authors. So definitely check that out for a good interview with some of your favorite authors for sure. All right. Uh, Should we we continue our discussion with the order of the pure moon reflected in water by zen cho yeah yeah let's let's get back into it do you think that so it seems like they have this this order has like a couple powers or at least based on what we see she's able to teleport and she can like gather information from long distances i don't know if that's like sight or something i wonder if the other the other branches have like their own special skills. <laughs> right. Like what do, what do you get if you follow the baby god path all the way down to right. the end? Like what are your special unlocks you get if you're like really into the baby god and you I don't even know what their tech tree would look like. <laughs> so this actually raises an interesting question too, right? Because I think the reason we're told why all these Tokongs are being attacked is because they're neutral, so they're willing to help out any side. And so no side wants someone who is willing to help out the other side. Um, and so that's why they're going after them. But like, I would be more concerned, like you've got all of these <laughs> super soldiers who, if they were no longer neutral, could destroy you in an afternoon. Like that would probably be my motivation. Right. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like it would be clear why the protectorate, why the Matas would be destroying these Tokongs. But it feels like the bandits would be very much trying to convince them to join their side. The bandits would be very much like, hey, we're on your team. We want you guys to help us out. And so maybe the, uh, perhaps the bandits would be like, join us or die, essentially. But yeah, this is a great point. I I wonder if these powers are like more commonplace than just in the Tokongs. So perhaps worshiping one of these deities is one way to get these superpowers, but there are other ways 
that you can also do it without having to spend 10 years by yourself working on models of Minas Tirith in your seclusion cell. And the, the reason why I think this might be the case is at the very beginning of the book, this guy in the coffee shop who's harassing everyone can do black magic that allows him to like duplicate himself and fight in two places at once. I totally forgot about that. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which like it's only mentioned there. He's like the only other magic we see is him briefly duplicating himself to fight in two places at once. And then Gwet M being able to teleport all around. And, and maybe the fact that the hot bandit is so hot, maybe that's magic. Um, Those might be the three instances that we've seen. But I don't think that this guy in the coffee shop is following a religion for it because the way they describe it is black magic. So it sounds like he's doing something untoward to get these powers. And I would also say if you're the the protectorate, like you have, you see magic being done by people that follow this religion. I I just feel like if you don't have your own thing, you're not going to attack them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, I want to get involved in there. Or I don't want to anger that God who like, I have proof is doing stuff. You've got to have something else up your sleeve. Right, right. Like you're not going to challenge a guy with a gun unless you have like a gun in your back pocket too. You're not going to walk up with a knife and be like, give me all your money. Somebody who's open right. carrying, right? You're going to have something up your sleeve. Yeah. Probably. And I, I think the way the story is told with this kind of at the margins and this small scale story, it kind of tricked me into thinking that this was not a super magical world. But I think it probably mm-hmm. was, especially because no one in the coffee shop was like, oh, no, there's a magic user who's doing this. They're like, dude, like, you're being an ass in a coffee shop. Like, stop <laughs> it. Uh, and then so I guess, yeah, at the end, people aren't really shocked that Gwedem is teleporting. They're shocked that they didn't know she could teleport. Right. Right. And I will say it does seem like there is some hesitancy because they keep calling her a witch and they're concerned that she's mm. like, putting a spell on them to make them like her which like come on guys she's just nice like you don't have to assume she's hexing you to make you like her she's just kind of a pleasant person to be around that's okay that's fine um but there is some hesitancy among our bandits about her being a witch now that could be because maybe the protectorate employs people who do this maybe the protectorate has like spies and agents that work for them that are able to infiltrate groups like this uh using some kind of dark magic to influence people to get them to like to like them that's entirely possible um but it seems like among our bandits and among the like other minor characters that we see the most magical thing they have are guns so so yeah i think it does kind of trick trick the reader into thinking magic is less common in the world because we just don't see it all that much in this book yeah i think that's a fair point okay so one th- this is definitely like a very minor thing but one thing i wanted to talk about i think that their payment was just going to be cash is what they called it they're like oh yeah we're getting 800 cash and 
at first I was like, okay, this is just way too generic. Like, how how would you possibly call just like your currency cash? But one, like we do actually kind of call money cash. And then two, there's so many fantasy books where they're just like, oh, that'll be one gold, please. And like that's that's not really any more creative, right? Like you're basically just taking a random type of metal or a color and assigning it for like I don't know if World of Warcraft was the first to do that. That's where I saw that and then everyone's like, "Okay, it's gold, silver, copper." Right. Right. Yeah, I think that that may have started with Dungeons and Dragons uh as okay. that was that basic like currency system. You're right though. And I had I was thrown by this in this book where they were just like, oh yeah, we got 800 cash. We could totally spend this however we want. And I'm even, I was even like picturing paper bills, which it definitely isn't paper bills, but just when they said cash, that association in my mind is so strong for just like Benjamins. They were giving them Benjamins. (laughs) I really appreciate actually the author's like acknowledgement that she doesn't have to go super in detail here. She's just like, whatever. Here's a number. It's cash. I don't care. Figure it out. And uh, I don't know. I think it's good. I don't know. I feel like a lot of books, and this is not necessarily a criticism of them, go super in in detail where they're like, 37 talons equals three crowns, (laughs) which is like, cool. Uh, But I I like to see the flip side of that where it's like, whatever. X amount of cash, that's what we're using. Right. Yeah. I, I will never be the kind of person who is like actually tallying up all of the money everywhere and be like, <laughs> could they actually afford this at this point? Like, is this the exchange rate we've established in this world? Uh, but yeah, that, that's never me. Like, I won't bust out a book of lore and try to like accuracy check the text everywhere. So I do kind of appreciate that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very book dependent though, because if, if in the first Harry Potter book he walked into Gringotts, and the Hagrid was like, dude, you've got 10 million cash sitting in this bank. It would kind of pull you out a little bit instead of them being like, we've got all these uh, sickles and galleons and they add up together and they're fun coins that you can jump around in, Harry. So I think it is very, it is very franchise dependent. But here I feel like it works very well, mm-hmm. which I was very into. And it sounds like there are other denominations that they talk about but it's just the common way they refer to it as as cash yeah for all we know these bandits would like break into gringotts and be like all right we stole 10 hundred cash and like okay like that's fair that's what you call money we get that right right exactly speaking of the cash in this world though i was having a hard time figuring out exactly how much it was kind of worth because we get two examples of people being paid for a service and a specific number. So the first is that they're trying to sell off these really valuable relics and they're selling all of them for $1,600, which seems sure 1600 cash, which like, okay, that's, that's a number. Then we learn that the Mata have been tracking this bandit group through the jungle from the coffee shop to this town where they're selling the relics. And their potential reward is $20 per head of the bandits. And I was trying to do the math in my head of like, is it worth it to track these bandits through a dense leech infested jungle 
four days after the tip of a coffee shop owner for $20 for each of them. Like, is that worth it for me? As a Mata, am I like, day four, am I still in it? Or is it like, uh, 20 bucks isn't really worth it at this point? Well, okay, I think I think that you're you're assuming that 20 bucks is like the entirety of their getting. I'm I'm assuming that they have a salary, right? This is going way too far in detail, but but let's do it. <laughs> You've got a salary and you're getting like 20 bucks a pop in a bonus in your Christmas bonus. And so like, hey, I'll pay you your salary to go on a backpacking trip and maybe you'll get a bonus when you murder these people. Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I could maybe see that. I also don't have a clear idea for how many people are specifically in their bandit group because we only really, like, hang out around three or four of them, but it's implied that there's a whole group of other people as well. So, I mean, if this is a group of 50 or so people, that could add up. That could be a good bit of cash. I think that's a very good point. I will counter Luke's point. If you're <laughs> If you're getting salary pay... And the bandits are this prevalent. I don't need to track one group of bandits through the forest for days. I just have to go out in the woods by the town and like kick over some rocks and I'll find a bandit. Like the bandits are apparently everywhere. I don't need to follow this one crew. Um, okay, but you are you are forgetting the third magic system that we've discussed, which is the hotness of the bandits. <laughs> because for all we know, a regular bandit's worth five cash, but the really hot bandits are worth this twenty cash. Okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, that is a that is a very good point in this system, uh, and we know that the government is specifically trying to get the hottest bandits they can. Specifically, I imagine their heads. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Right. Plus, plus, we have a term for the like, let's call them police officers, the Mata. But that could be there could be a whole hierarchy, right? Maybe they're like detectives are coming after coming after our hot bandits, whereas the just like generic, whatever guys, are out there kicking rocks in the forest finding these like scrub bandits. Okay, so this is the elite crew that has been sent to deal with this transaction that's happening. All right, fair enough. And you know what? I'm going to say, going back to a point I made earlier, another mark against the hot bandit. He's bringing these elite Mata after him. Bad bandit. Stop following this guy. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, it seems like he's, they've got a lot going on now, right? I want to be with this group even if even if there's a lot more danger to me the only thing is it seems like people get mad at you if you're not like bringing something to the group right Mm -hmm. so i don't know what do you what do you guys think of think you're uh you're bringing to the group okay oh boy does it have to be something new because no no i don't think so well okay so in the group already as long as it adds to the group okay you're good in the group already and I, I made sure to write these down so we could we could hit them. Uh, there's Ahin, who loves religion. Uh, mm-hmm. There is Abun, who can do healing. Ayi does the cooking. Uh, and then there's Rimao, who does something. I don't really know what he does, but he does something as well. So there's cooking and healing already in the okay. crew. 
So I feel like we should, and of course the hot bandit is hot. So sorry, all of us, we can't take that role. <laughs> but yeah, we do need another, ooh, what are we I think I think I'm a morale guy. I think I'm there, when things go wrong, I think I'm there to just pick everybody up. I'm like, hey, good effort. We'll get them next time. That's that's my role. Okay, Luke. So they come back. They come back from this deal that was supposed to save save their whole crew, and they lost eight hundred dollars. And now the most powerful, richest guy on the peninsula is probably going to be coming after them. How are we, how are we rallying the troops, Luke? How are we coming back from this one? Um, I think we just gotta put we gotta put a good face on. Think positively, right? If you if you if you just start fighting. That's gonna. It's it's. There's no benefit to that, right? Just gotta gotta. At least we have each other, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Our friendship's still intact. And that's how we're getting out of it. Wow. Wow. You know what? Things are looking pretty dark there. But uh, but Luke, I'm gonna stick with this crew. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'd be like, Man. if nothing else, we are still the hottest average like hotness <laughs> of any bandit crew around. It's so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, that's Luke's role. Um, I feel like every crew needs somebody to criticize the food no matter how good it is. <laughs> and I think that might be my that might be my job is to just okay. always not necessarily like this is trash. I can't believe you would serve this to us because obviously that would be what you say when get him serves food. But for Ah Yi, who's been cooking for a little while, let's say he's like pretty good at it. It's always the constructive criticism. It's always the, okay, but you never really ask for it, right? Like I say it's constructive, but it's like, yeah, he know, like, sure, you think it needs more salt. I think it's fine. But I'm always going to give him that little like, hey, I just want you to do a little bit better next time. And here's how I think you could do it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's classic, right? You always have in any good bandit crew, you have like your leader, you have your person who's really good at fighting, you have like your scout person, and then you have your food critic. Like mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. essential for every bandit crew. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the role that I would fill. That is, that's very helpful. Yeah. That's a big, it's a very important role. Yeah, they're, they're definitely keeping me around. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I could maybe be like an entertainment guy. So uh, okay. I, I could either, like, I mean, I'm not, like, a good singer or dancer or anything like that, but I could probably be like, hey, so let's let's have story time each night, right? And, like, mm. if I can't come up with one every night, I'll be like, you know what? Like, Tetsong, your turn. You come up with a story for the <laughs> night, right? Let's do this. Like, this is a bonding experience, you know? Uh, so okay. that, that can maybe raise morale as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so not just, I feel like you're, you're coming on to not just, like, storyteller, but also like recreational organizer. Yeah, exactly, right? I right. could be like, hey guys, we're gonna have a contest who can pick the most leeches off themselves in a minute. <laughs> That's great, right? Because if you don't have that, you're just sitting around being eaten by leeches. Now it's a competition, everybody's having fun. Tra- Travis is the summer camp counselor, is what you're saying <laughs> of this group. He can't sing very well, uh, and he can't dance, but he's going to tell some great stories. He's going to throw some people out into the spotlight and see what they do and organize some fun competitions, a pie eating contest, a leech picking off contest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm into this. Uh, we, we have talked 
a lot about leeches, and I'm not even sure that their general climate has leeches, but if it did, I think these are a lot of valid points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean in this in this novella, do they have leeches, or do you mean where I live, do I have leeches? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I meant in the novella, but I am a little curious. Do you have like a tragic backstory with leeches? <laughs> uh, so first, for the non-personal side of things, I'm pretty sure they have leeches in this book because as they're walking through the jungle, uh, they would get leeches and Get M was very good at taking leeches off. Okay, of so this was actually explicitly mentioned. Okay, I this was not there, a you thing. <laughs> I think there are leeches in the book. However, I will say... Uh, I'm currently living in Minnesota, and in Minnesota, in the lakes up in the northern part of the state, there are a lot of leeches, and I have, on occasion, gotten a few leeches in me. And you know oh, what? No. It's not that bad, frankly. I know. <laughs> I was, I, I, I actually want to go super detailed here, kind of random. Okay. Gwet M is good at picking leeches off. Yes, and that's one of the things that she's bringing. How are you good or bad at picking leeches off? Mm. Uh, well, Travis, I don't. If you have experience with this, I don't want to take the lead. But I, I have a little bit of experience. So uh, I try. have zero leech experience, other okay. than uh, watching like the series of unfortunate events show. So yeah, you take mm-hmm. the lead. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to. I'm happy to. Okay, so Luke, let me tell you, when you get a leech, all right, mm-hmm. uh, your instinct is going to be to just grab that thing and yank on it to try and pull it okay. off. That you don't want to do that. That is not the way. First off, they're slippery as hell. All right, so you're probably not going to get a good grip. Second off, if you just yank on it, you might rip it in half, which is not what you want to do. You get leech guts going everywhere. It's just not good. So the way that you get a okay. leech off, okay, is you take you take your thumbnail and you kind of just pry off the sucker with your with your thumbnail. And okay. and it's it's kind of hard actually because you have to like first you have to have some nails that are the proper like length in order to do it, and they're still very slippery. So you know you can miss, uh, and then you get a little scratch. It's not ideal. Uh, so there there I would say there definitely is a talent to taking leeches okay. off for sure. Okay. You've also got to keep people calm because it's uh, it doesn't hurt but it looks terrifying, and I hate it. Mm, yeah, I, I hate the look of out. it. So it's a very stressful. It's a very stressful thing when you get a leech on you, but that's a, yeah, okay. That's very good to know. So uh, you see, yeah, we're learning some something. <laughs> yeah, we're learning something today, huh? Who knew? Something that happens. Something that happens near the end of this book, that I'm a little confused about, is the person that they end up selling these relics to, requests that. Tet Sang stay with her because Tet Sang is this like like renowned scholar who gives these lectures that are just like beautiful and they're very like knowledgeable about this religion. And Tet Sang seems to tell everyone near the end that Get Im can just do it and they can just swap. And I'm I was trying to figure out like is is Tet Sang being kind of like blind here? Like you can't just swap out nuns for this woman because clearly she doesn't care about Get Im. Clearly, 
Get Im is like yesterday's news, but Tet Sang is this like renowned scholar and she cares a lot about Tet Sang, not necessarily much about Get Im. How can you just swap out nuns? I don't, I didn't understand this thing at the end where, where Tet Sang was just like, oh yeah, Get Im will do it. It'll be chill. I mean, but we never get the other person's response to that, do we? Uh, they could be like totally not okay with that. And Ted Sang was just hoping like, yeah, you know, this should work, right? Like this, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, so So Gwet M like really protests. Yes. I, I got to think that a large part of the reason that she's so upset about this is not just that she's like being kicked out, but also like, you're going to make me go tell this lady that like I'm taking your place. That's going to be so awkward. I would hate to do that. That's gotta be that's gotta be a lot of the complaints here. <laughs> right, is the awkwardness of the social situation that she's being put in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just the pressure that you're under if you're like taking on this role. Yeah, yeah, this is a fair point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this kind of honestly seems to me like you're you're going to dinner with three people and you know one of them very well and they know the other person very well but you don't know the other person very well and then your friend doesn't show up and so it's you and this other person that you don't know very well but you have this common link and you're like do i just go home like do we stay and have dinner oh i don't know what's going on that's yeah, terrible but that for like a long-term employment <laughs> position <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay fair point Fair point. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Man. You know, I didn't really think about that. By the end of the story, that person is just, like, sitting there like, okay, I really hope I get <laughs> that song coming by. <laughs> right. I think she says that she'll still pay. Mm-hmm. But is she just sitting there, like, waiting? I mean, that's what we're left to assume. Yeah. I bet for a little while. I, I doubt she's sitting there for years like, oh, maybe today. Maybe today's the day. <laughs> I mean, if she waits long enough, maybe she can teleport on her own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So actually, that's very funny, but it brings me to an important question about these superpowers. And, and I think we hit on it a little bit earlier, but if I'm a super rich person in this world... And I know some people have magic powers. Like, no amount of money will allow me to teleport. That seems like a skill that you have to learn. Why are all these rich people quitting before they're getting the cool powers? Because if I'm super rich and I can teleport, that seems like a huge win to me. See, my my thoughts here is that people don't generally know that the Tokongs can result in magic powers if they're following a certain path. Mm-hmm. I think that that's more of like secret within each uh, religion. Um, but then you also have like this black magic. And so I guess maybe part of the reason why they thought Gwet'in was a witch was because they're not like, oh, duh, like you're one of the magic nuns. They're like, oh no, like there's only black magic out there. So you are clearly a witch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, yeah, I think that answers that question then. And then if you're just really rich, perhaps you can have access to the black magic too, right? You get the best of both worlds. So yeah, yeah, I think that's totally fair. I was just like, man, I don't care how rich I am. Teleporting powers are worth it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I don't know though. <laughs> like, if I'm having to dedicate myself for ten years in the small cell so mm-hmm. that I can get teleportation powers, I actually don't know. Luke, how much caviar is worth the power to teleport? <laughs> but I have to sit there for ten years building my little like my little model. Your little mind palace. Look, I just have to say I am 10% of the way towards teleportation powers right now. So could I make it another nine years? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but also, like, if you're rich, super rich, <sighs> right. do you need teleportation powers? Right? Like, if I, if I, me, myself currently, what am I using teleportation for? Like, oh, this way I can go to New Zealand for free. But if I'm rich, I'm just going to take a super, my private jet over there anyway. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Because I don't think they're just, I don't think they're teleported cross country, uh, Luke. I don't. Well, in that case, it's not even, it's not even that good. <laughs> if I'm going to just, if I'm going to get my errands done faster because I can teleport, that's okay. I'm super rich and I have servants to do that. And I mean, you can hire a guy to sit in a cell for 10 years, right? And then you own, <laughs> like, well, okay, not own the guy, but own his services to teleport. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, you're funding this guy's education. There you go. He's, a, he's on a fellowship for you. So you're saying you get the best of both worlds where you can take your yacht cross or like around the world and see the coast of Italy and spend 10 years doing that and also have access to teleportation powers through this other, this surrogate person that you have sent to gain this ability. Yeah, I think I, what we've established here is that being really super rich is the best superpower. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah. That, that money, money buys it. happiness. We're all, we're all. Saying. I don't know if we're saying that. <laughs> One thing that. I think was super descriptive about just how bad things are in this world is the fact that these bandits are transporting rice on a black market. I think the fact that like selling rice has become illegal unless you're going through certain channels shows just how like rough things really are because you know, rice is like a staple food product. And if there's such a scarcity that you have to regulate, like, where the rice is going, even like these quantities that these people can bring, right? These are these are maybe 10 bandits carrying it in like backpacks through the woods. It's that amount of rice and they have to sell it on a black market. That That seems very descriptive to like how much devastation there is in this world or at least in this nation because of how just how yeah how much of a staple rice is yeah and i think the whole war scene that we don't get a big picture of probably is the reason why part of it could be there's been a lot of destruction to supply chain that they have like a lot of the rice fields are maybe destroyed uh, but also it could just be the protectorate is like, no, like we control everything. So if you want food, we're going to charge you 10 extra cash over what the normal bag would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could also be like a super like communist 
society yes or something right where like you're not allowed to have your own company of selling things right like all property is owned by the government right yeah that uh oh actually we do see like people with little market stalls though when they when they sell the rice so but but it could be like large commodity goods like rice are controlled by the government that could very well be the case yeah yeah and to be fair it is like they say that it's nice rice like it's particularly fine quality of rice and maybe i'm just not that cultured but i i can't imagine like even the best rice is is really that valuable you're saying the range of rice is pretty narrow i i feel like yes uh but I, I feel like I just don't know enough about rice. Alternatively, maybe this is like some GMO rice where they're like, we don't want we don't want these these GMO genes like spreading, so it's fine to sell it here, but you can't sell it across the country. So there is that, is that the <laughs> is that the GMO issue? <laughs> okay, so you think it's a very benevolent authoritarian government who's just worried about the environment yeah that's that's totally my i mean they are called the (laughs) protect they're called the protectorate so what are they protecting protecting, yes yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean it could be really really fancy rice and that's part of it i was kind of thinking oh they're transporting food they're obviously like bandits helping out the little guy but maybe they're just like no like we are transporting like filet mignon and caviar and all of that just so we can like make some extra cash right yeah yeah exactly and the last thing that i want to talk about is you know we started talking about this hot bandit and how he doesn't really make a very good bandit because of how noticeable he is at least in terms of being secretive and hiding from the authorities and it got me thinking, at one point we learned that he's already spent the 800 cash that they gave him as a deposit for these, these goods. And Tetsang says he spent it gambling. Now, we don't necessarily see him gambling. And I don't know if Tetsang really knows that this is how that money was spent. I, I have... A potential solution for where this money was spent but i'm curious if you guys have thought about what what the hot bandit used this money for okay i have i have a thought okay that i'll bounce off yeah you real quick yeah um so skincare products are pretty expensive <laughs> right okay yeah you need your face wash you need your toner mm-hmm some serums, maybe a little eye cream, all of this stuff. That really adds an exfoliant. up. Uh, Got to have an exfoliant. Hang on. Are, you, are you buying eye cream for your skincare routine? Is that is that a normal person thing? Uh, I, I think it's an extremely really hot, hot bandit thing, yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, that's fair. We're, we're talking Plus, about he's like... Not, <laughs> he's not buying the three-in-ones either. <laughs> he's, got, right. he's got a nice shampoo and then just like, just your ultra nourishing conditioner mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. that adds up dan okay so you're saying he's spending it on his care routine mm-hmm. okay that's an See, option i i think i went a similar route but i'm thinking more along the lines of plastic surgery 
right? So you either want to really lean in and be like super hot because the pros outweigh the cons, or uh -huh. maybe you're like, you know what? This has just gone too far. I need to dial it <laughs> back a little bit, you know, maybe make myself look more like those posters so I'm not like superhuman level of hotness. Uh-huh. So so lean in. So So he's committed to his career as a bandit, and he said, mm. look, I need to be better at this job, I need to do a little bit of modification to be better at this job that I want. Dress for the job you want. And he's trying to just right. change his face for the job that he wants, which apparently yeah. is so, a bandit. So his nose, his nose job is to like make his nose more crooked. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe get like one of those scars put on his face somewhere, you know. Just... Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That, these are both good answers. Mine goes in, I think, the exact, well, not the exact opposite direction, an opposite direction from Travis's. Sure, you could work as a bandit uh, make a little bit of money selling rice, uh, maybe some other, smuggling some other things that they've been doing. But this world also has products that people need to sell. And so I imagine working as a model could be potentially very lucrative now what's the problem what's the problem everybody has with getting into modeling well you need to get your name out there you need to get some name recognition mm -hmm. hot bandit already has a good amount of name recognition so he's got that problem solved but what he doesn't have are a series of excellent glamour shots <laughs> So what he needs to spend this money on are getting those high-quality headshots to pass around okay. to the modeling agencies. Okay. But Plus his publicist. There you go. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine if the whole reason was like, look, I don't like these wanted posters you have. They're not like <laughs> adequate levels of attractiveness. They're not representative. I'm going to pay the artist to redo them all, <laughs> but hotter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got you got to keep your reputation intact, right? Like well, even if it hurts you in the long run, right? Right, right, right. Well, and I can imagine too that he wouldn't tell the rest of the bandit crew that this is what he did with the money. Like I think he would be more likely to be like, "Uh, yeah, I gambled it away," than to be like, "No, I didn't think I was hot enough on the posters, so I paid them to make me more recognizable." <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's probably definitely part of it. I also think that he's probably buying a couple shares of GameStop. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we all are. Probably, we all probably, are. Probably some Bitcoin just to, just to hopefully have that work out. Right, right, exactly. Okay, for those following along with us next week, uh, we're going to be moving on to a new book. We're going to start uh, The Trader Baru Cormorant by Seth Dickinson. So we'll probably read the first third of that for next week. Get started on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard good things. Should be fun. Yeah, definitely. So only the first third of the Trader Baru Cormorant, not the whole book, like with this one, but The Order of the Pure Moon was a novella. So I feel like we could read the whole thing, but wow, man. So a lot of, a lot of stuff coming out of of this novella for as short as it was we had a great discussion i think and travis thanks so much for for talking with us about this book uh you recommended this to us and it was a definitely a good recommend 
uh, we had a lot of fun talking with you. Um, if if our listeners want to kind of follow you somewhere else, where should they find you online? Sure. Uh, yeah, let me just say I had a ton of fun chatting with y'all as well. Uh, I listened to the audiobook for this, and I think our discussion is probably getting up there close to the total length of the audiobook. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you can find uh, me. The Fantasy Inn is on Twitter at just the Fantasy Inn. Uh, you can find us at thefantasyinn.com for the blog. Uh, just go ahead and search for the Fantasy Inn podcast, a very creatively named podcast for the Fantasy Inn. Um, and yeah, you should be able to find that anywhere. Uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm just TC Tippins. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's been it's been super fun, Travis, uh, coming up with with plenty of hot takes about this book and acting like dumb nerds. Yeah, and so you may both be dumb nerds, but your hot takes are not quite on the level of Fung Chung's hotness. Ha <laughs> ha